Hello and good morning. This morning, I'm hoping you will, my dear listeners, indulge me in accepting my bashfulness as I start my talk. I shall ask myself the question that I believe our new monarch, King Charles III, will be secretly asking himself and hoping to get the right response from his subjects. After dedicating himself to the nation, what would he wish from the nation in return? Respect? Yes, that goes without saying. The nation would respect any monarch, even if some people may harbour republican inclinations. We have seen the unanimous outpour of love and homage the nation showed our departed Queen. This was not only in London, but as strong in Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales. So respect is a given. We expect that from the vast majority, or even all of us. So what comes next? Obedience? Of course. Although the king is not likely to give orders to the people, yet obedience to the monarch must be the key attitude we all feel, so the king does not have to issue orders, but instinctively we owe him our obedience, and it is part of our allegiance. I think what comes next must be loyalty. Now, loyalty is not just an individual attitude, as it can be also a collective stance. We all start our lives as loyal citizens, but a few of us, and thankfully it's only a tiny few, would adopt an attitude or worse still an act of disloyalty. Fortunately, not since the days of Oliver Cromwell did this country face a revolution of some sort. I can't see anything like this happening anytime soon, or ever. So I come back to what I would really wish most of all, if I were in the position of King Charles III. I would wish, above all, the unity of the nation. A united nation, and I stress the word nation, not country, will be such a strong nation as to overcome any difficulty that comes its way. Unity is strength. Unity is tranquility. Unity is peace. Unity is not uniformity. It is not regimentation. It is not robotics acting in programmed ways. It is a unity in diversity. It's a unity of the perspective that we wish, as a nation, to follow and achieve. It is a unity, a united vision, that looks at the priorities that we identify, the endeavours we need to attain them, and yes, the possible sacrifices that we need to accept. I would wish a government and an opposition in a state of national reconciliation, all magnanimous enough to think of what is best for the nation 
and not what is best for the next election. We know that the Queen used to have a weekly audience with the Prime Minister of the day. Did she have audiences with the leaders of opposition? I don't know. But in my humble opinion, such an audience with all political leaders, even if those, if those of the opposition would be less frequent, may be a good way, hopefully, of bringing together the best that can be harnessed from the brains of the government and those of the opposition, creating a true consultative process that taps into the best that the nation can offer and we are not short of personal or collective wisdom and intellect. Yes, I know that this is not how the political system works, whether in this country or in any other country. But I allow myself to dream of pioneering or a pioneering process that this country, indeed this nation, will trailblaze and for other nations to eventually emulate. After all, the whole process of modern democracy and human rights were trailblazed by England and Scotland in times past. Indeed, the oldest ever parliament in the world was the Tinwald Assembly in the Isle of Man. That was in the 9th century, so long before the parliament in England. Abdu'l-Bahá, the son of Baha'u'lláh, states, The sea of unity of mankind is lifting up its waves with joy, for there is real communication between the hearts and minds of men. What a beautiful state that would be. Abdu'l-Bahá further says, This is a new cycle of human power. All the horizons of the world are luminous and the world will become indeed as a garden and a paradise. It is the hour of unity of the sons of men and of the drawing together of all races and all classes. So, will the enthronement of the new monarch in Charles III be the start of a new cycle? I should sincerely hope so. It is in his gift to enact situations of his making and his creation. It will not happen overnight, and any change of this magnitude may require more than the reign of one monarch, but a start will be welcome, and the response of the nation will, I hope, be enthusiastic. In the Hindu Yoga Sutra of Patanjali, it is elegant said, things assume reality because of the unity maintained. Please take a few seconds and reflect on this short but so poignant Hinduism. If we start with a real intention of achieving unity, then all else will be forthcoming. Simply, if we maintain that unity. If we don't, then we get to that sad state described in the Hindu Upanishad in the form of a question when to a man who understands the self has become all things what sorrow what trouble can there be to him who once beheld that unity so let us see what the Old Testament book of Psalms tells us behold how good and how pleasant it is 
for brethren to dwell together in unity. My dear listeners, let me end this talk by quoting the Old Testament again. As in the Deuterocanonical Apocrypha, we read, In three things I was beautiful, and stood up beautiful, both before God and man. The unity of brethren, the love of neighbors, a man and a wife that agree together. So, thank you, my dear listeners, for allowing me speak from my heart. All I wish is for not only a united kingdom, but also a united nation. Goodbye.